everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beanless and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Today, we have a really special guest with us. He played collegiately at the University of Arkansas. He also played on the ATP Tour, where he reached around 100 in the world in doubles, where he participated in all of the Grand Slams. He was also a college coach of both men and women at a few places, most notably as the longtime head coach of the Texas Tech men's program from 1992 through 2015. He was the Big 12 Conference Coach of the Year in 2005 and in 2008. Please welcome to the pod, Tim Siegel. Tim, thanks for doing this. So generally, um, you know, with our guests, we kind of go into their background and their tennis journey, how they first picked up a racket, how they did um, their junior career, how they played collegiately. In your case, you had um, quite success on the, even the pro tour. But I know there's even a way more important work that you're currently doing. So the focus of our conversation is what you're currently doing now. And I know a lot of people know your story, but for those that don't, um, we're going we're gonna to get into uh, quite a bit of it in this conversation. So to get started, you know, you made a decision to retire in 2015 to spend more time with your family. And very shortly thereafter that decision, an event happened with your son, Luke, um, which changed you and, and your family's life forever. Can you talk about what happened with Luke? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I, I loved what I was doing at Texas Tech, uh, a wonderful university. I loved coaching, but after 23 years, I wanted to do something different, and it was really just for me to spend more time with my family, and so I took a job where my children go to school uh, as the middle school and the high school tennis coach, and I had resigned from Texas Tech in um, 2015, um, July 8th, to be exact. July 28th, 20 days later, I received a phone call while I was giving a lesson at the high school that my son, Luke, had been in a golf cart accident. I didn't know to the extent uh, how serious the injury was because I was told that he just broke his nose. I arrived at the scene shortly thereafter. The ambulance was taking off. The helicopter was hovering above. And the fireman told me to rush to the hospital. As I arrived at the hospital, there was a lot of chaos in the ER. Uh, My son was... was, um, surrounded by a lot of people, and um, about two minutes after that, I was put into a room with my wife, and we were told some awful news that Luke had fallen off the golf cart. The golf cart had landed on top of his chest, where he suffered head and chest trauma, and was in cardiac arrest for seven minutes, Uh, a far cry from just a broken nose, and all I remember is I was... Uh, woken up a couple of minutes later with a mask, uh, oxygen mask on my face. Uh, I guess I was so distraught by what had happened that uh, the nurses had had put the mask on me to help me breathe. Uh, So that was was July 28, 2015. Wow, so you had most likely had passed out. You know, I remember tingling in my face, in my legs, in my hands. I couldn't believe what I heard. Um, I knew it was more serious than just broken nose. But when when the words cardiac arrest, when I heard those words, that's when I think I just lost it. And uh, 
uh, even when I even when I mention those words today, uh, it, it really does something to my stomach. But uh, Luke had spent 44 days in the hospital in Lubbock. Day eight was a day we'll never forget. He had three brain surgeries all within a few hours. We didn't know if Luke was brain dead. The following day, one of the doctors asked if Luke loved music, and I said, next to sports, music was his favorite love, and, and he began to play ukulele, and at that time, we saw uh, activity on the, on the monitor, brain activity. But we spent 44 days in Lubbock, and then we spent four months at Cook Children's Hospital in Fort Worth, and Cook Children's was a, uh, for us to do some rehab and, uh, and, and hopefully improve, but we didn't see a lot of improvement. But the day that uh, stands out in my mind was five days after we arrived on September 15, 2015. We were in a small room with nurses, doctors, and therapists, but the neurosurgeon went last, and he said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but based on Luke's MRI, he will never use his limbs, never use his voice, and should never, ever open his eyes. And he'd done all three, but wasn't making quite enough progress. So we were sent home on January 6, 2016. So basically, it's been now three years of therapy, um, speech, physical therapy, occupational therapy. In between, we've had surgeries. We've had situations that have happened. Uh, but Luke is, is a warrior. He's a fighter. He was uh, an amazing little athlete at age eight and nine. And I think... The work ethic that he had, even as a young child, um, has propelled him to do things that we were told he would never do. Our communication right now is just simply using his tongue uh, for yes and no, and and that's what we're doing right now. And, and even yesterday, uh, you know, he was able to move his tongue for command, and that's what we're able to do. And that's what, and I just pray to God that, that one day we'll be able to not only hear his voice, but to hear words. For sure. And you've done an amazing, um, you, you show, you document all his progress, and it truly is amazing. You are very open about this. Obviously, you're talking with me, and you've talked many others, uh, way bigger platforms than myself. Um, but you share, your, you share Luke's story, your family's journey. Um, you document it. And you've done some pretty amazing things with a horrible tragedy. And one of those things is the nonprofit, the Team Luke Hope for Minds. Talk a little bit about that, you know, how you, how you started creating this and um, all the amazing things this nonprofit has done for other families and their kids. I remember in 2016, someone said to me, why don't you consider starting a nonprofit? And I my first reaction was I have no time and no energy. But what it did and what it's done is it's given me energy and it's given me a new lease on life. Uh, I think this is my passion, my calling, in some ways my responsibility. But I began in January of 2018. Uh, I'm the executive director of Team Luke Hope for Minds, which is a nonprofit that supports children after brain injury. And over the last two years, not quite two years, my partner and I, Rhonda Johnson, who had started Hope for Minds in Austin a few years earlier, we merged. And so our nonprofit now has given out over $350,000 in the last two years uh, to families in 19 different states. 
And and what it's done is is it's really it's given me hope when I'm when I am talking to parents and trying to give them hope um, that that their child can improve. So often uh, we've heard stories, and we even heard stories for our own situation that the brain does not heal, uh, which is not true. And not only does it heal, but it can heal years later. And so here we are uh, four and a half years later, and Luke is improving, and I've seen other children improve. And it's very powerful for me to be able to help other families. And I have, I guess I have in some ways two platforms. One is when I'm able to help families uh, give them money, give them resources for equipment or for therapies or for um, lifts for their car. Uh, also give them suggestions of what we're going through when it comes to medicines, support groups, counseling, all those things that we're able to provide. But I also do a lot of public speaking to students um, from middle school up to college as well as businesses all over. And when I'm able to speak and have children or even teenagers come up to me and tell me that Luke has inspired them, that they're going to pray for Luke, they're going to they're gonna change the way they, their attitude is, that's, that's something that I never envisioned. Uh, what, what social media has done uh, it is really important because so many followers that we have that have reached out to me uh, praying for us but also um, sharing their stories. And it's, it's uh, remarkable uh, what Luke has done to inspire and make an impact in others. Oh, so, so powerful. Like you said, things that you did not even envision when you started this. And then you, you know, either it's face to face or you receive messages um, via several different ways of communication. It's so powerful. And you've had, you know, a number of charity events. And I remember we had, uh, I remember watching Andre Agassi do something um, for your charity in Arkansas. And I'm, you know, I mean, there's a number of charity events. Talk a little bit about a few of those that um, you've been involved in with this. Well, our nonprofit, org, is our website. And our nonprofit relies on, obviously, raising money in, in a number of different ways, whether it's corporate partners or small business partners, but also events. We've had some events here in Lubbock uh, where Drew Brees came last year to help us raise over $100,000. Dick Vitale came uh, this May. So every May we have a big event. We also have a run, the the. Team Luke Coltramine's 5K fun run is early May. But my good friend Bobby Bank is the head pro at the Hard Scrabble Tennis Club in Fort Smith. And he has brought in some incredible names over the last few years. Nick Molitary uh, started out, and then Andy Roddick, Andre Agassi, and then this past uh, fall, John Isner and Danielle Collins came, and all of these events in Fort Smith, Arkansas, have raised a tremendous amount of money, but also a lot of awareness uh, about brain injuries, because brain injuries happen far more frequently to children than people realize, whether it's from a golf cart accident like my son, or uh, an ATV, um, near-fatal drownings, accidents at home, accidents in the car. We have seen it all and heard it all, and so these events that we also have in Austin, where we have golf golf tournaments and we have um, our pediatric brain injury conference every fall as well so there's a lot of ways that we're trying to spread awareness and also raise money at the same time right right it's it's truly remarkable everything that you've done 
Um, I want to talk about some of these athletes and, and the videos that are out there that people have seen. But before we get into that, um, I want to talk about a book that you pretty recently just finished, and it's called In God's Hands. And Drew Brees, you mentioned Drew uh, previously, that is Luke's hero, uh, from what I understand. And he wrote the forward to, that, to this book. Talk a little bit about um, you know, how that affected you and, and reliving um, what had happened and all the powerful, um, extraordinary things have you know, occurred since the accident. And talk a little bit about the process of writing that book. Well, the accident happened on July 28, 2015. And for the next five months, I would just jot down day five, day 15, day 30, and just write some things down just for me. There was really no intent at the time to do that for a book, at least initially. And then as, as things went along, I thought maybe writing a book could not only you know, help me in some ways, but, but really help and give hope to other families. And the title of the book, It's in God's Hands, came about when I went back to look at my notes and I had asked the doctor what he thought. And he said, Tim, I don't know, but I do know it's in God's hands. And I wrote in my notes that if I ever write a book, this would be the title. Last March, so March of 2018, I was approached by the Fed agency in Austin to consider writing a book. And, you know, I didn't know if I had the time or the energy uh, to write it without a, a ghostwriter, but I did. And I started the book in July and finished it in Christmas last year. And it took me six months, but I feel like this book has uh, it, it given, a, a, I guess, a new lease to a lot of people. Families that not just experience brain injuries, but families that are going through anything. Because we know every family goes through something. And so I'm really proud of, of, of the, the, the fact that I wrote the book. Uh, I don't know how well written it is, but I do know it came from the heart. And as you mentioned, Drew Brees is Luke's hero. And we reached out to Drew right after the accident, and he sent the video to Luke, and um, I asked him right after last year if he would consider writing it forward, and he um, took care of that right away. So the book means a lot to me, and I'm just uh, hopeful that it can reach a lot more families. For sure. And you talk about uh, some of these videos, and the athletes that have posted these videos, you got Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Andre Agassi, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes. I'm just naming a few. They they are, I mean, it's amazing how many athletes send these videos. What goes through your mind when you see these videos coming from these people and, and the messages that they're portraying? Well, it's, it's beyond touching. Uh, and, and it's started with Drew Brees because I'm from New Orleans, so we grew up as well, I grew up as a huge Saints fan, and, and Luke and I had a deal that we would go to a Saints game in the Superdome every year for the rest of our lives, and we made it to three of them, and then the accident happened in 15. Well, starting in 2016, uh, Luke and I have been to now six games, including a couple of playoff games, and the Saints invite us to practice, get on the field before the game. Demario Davis uh, prayed over Luke linebacker of the Saints right before the game this past fall. There's been so many athletes that have meant so much to us. Of course, the Saints are number one. Patrick Mahomes used to be the quarterback at Texas Tech where I was the coach, so he's done a lot for us. He wore cleats with Luke's name on them both this season and last. Uh, Elvis Andrews is 
videos. We have visited him in the clubhouse. He has visited Luke in the hospital. And, and a lot of athletes outside of the world of tennis. But tennis, the tennis players have meant so much to us as well. I'm good friends with John Isner, and, and John and I keep in touch regularly. I'll send him uh, videos of Luke, and of course he came to do the event last fall. But to have Nadal and Federer and Djokovic, uh, Chris Everett, uh, McEnroe, we've had uh, Monica Seles, um, just so many guys and girls that have reached out to us. And, and that 10-second video that they simply say, hey, we're praying for you, Luke. You know, we're on Team Luke. Good luck. You know, when Agassi, who was really so inspiring to us when he came to Arkansas, it, it, they mean so much to me. It, it almost, uh, it's almost, it's surreal that, I, that I'm getting these messages. And so many friends of ours have reached out to these players and, and have helped us along the way. And I show these videos to Luke, and I know Luke understands. I'm convinced that Luke understands when we're at a Saints game or when we talk about Elvis Andrews or the Texas Rangers or when we watch the Kansas City Chiefs or when the fact that Rafael Nadal, we're watching him on TV, and then I'll say, Luke, remember when, when Nadal sent you a video? And I'm pretty sure that he, he gets it. He understands, and it's, it's powerful. It means the world to our family. So powerful. And all that stuff is, is just, it's just going to help. It's just going to help. It's so, so powerful. I want to end with something, and we really haven't talked about this, uh, this at all. And it's just as important as to everything you're doing with Luke. And you have three other daughters. And at the time of the accident, I believe one was in her early 20s. Uh, and the other two were, were 12 and 10. Is that correct at that time? That is correct. And it's not just Luke. You have three other daughters. The, all the emotional trauma and everything that you're, you're, you and your wife are dealing with, you have three other kids that you have to raise. How was that, like the whole balancing act, I, I have to find... It's incredibly challenging to, to balance all that. What was that all like? And to this day, how, how is that working out? I would say that's probably the greatest challenge as a father. I always looked at myself when I was coaching. That's what I, that's not who I was. That's what I did. Being a father is, is who I am. And I always prided myself on attending all of my children's sporting events or, or events at school because I cared so much about, about being around them. And, you know, Luke and I, we threw the football or the baseball every single day. That's what we did. Well, now we sit in a chair together or we may walk in a wheelchair around the neighborhood. That's taking the place of throwing the ball. But when it comes to my daughters, it, it is gut-wrenching. Um, just, just the idea of, of Christmas recently when we're having to open gifts to help Luke. And the focus sometimes is so much on Luke that I feel for my girls. My girls still struggle every day with the fact that everyone asks them how Luke is doing. No one really asks how they're doing. Um, they come home and they see Luke in a wheelchair and they talk to him, but there's nothing in return. And so it's, it's difficult. My daughters now are 27, 16, and 14, and... I know that in the last four years, I've spent a lot less time with them. And the whole idea of, of resigning in Texas Tech was to spend more time. And I know how challenging that is, especially for teenage girls who need their father around. But I'm Luke's, 
primary caregiver and the fact that I'm not around all the time. We travel to Fort Worth to do therapy quite a lot. And it's, it's difficult. I think about it a lot. I wake up to turn Luke every night, a couple of times a night. And, and I think about my girls a lot. And they have been through a lot. But one thing that it's done is it's given them um, more compassion, more patience, more understanding. They're more sensitive to others. And so if there is a silver lining, it's that. But I do know that not only do I have three daughters, but I also have three grandsons. And, and to juggle it all uh, is challenging. But the one person that, that I feel that I need to do a better job with every single day, and that's my wife. She's the rock of our family. She is a nurse practitioner. She's so incredibly strong, does so much for our, our family. And what gets lost in this a lot of times is that we are no longer the same because we are spread thin. And uh, we do the best we can uh, with each other, but it's definitely not the same for sure. And I understand when I, when I read stories about families that are broken up because of situations like this, that will never happen to us, but our marriage is certainly not the same. Um, but I do every day. I try my best to spend as much time with my girls while I'm trying to give Luke all the attention that he needs because I really want to be with Luke 24 hours a day. Tim, uh, I, I know this is obviously, it goes without saying, uh, incredibly delicate subject delicate conversation to talk about and i just want to thank you for being as open as you have been not only with me um but with all the interviews that you've done over the past several years and all um, documenting luke's uh, progress and i really appreciate you sharing your story and it's truly inspiring it really is and i mean luke he's made a major impact on on other kids and and families uh, all over the country and, and you know that. You don't need me to say that. But, again, I appreciate you for, for coming on and, and talking about this and, and shedding light uh, on this topic. And um, I, I, among everybody else, wish you and your family nothing but, but good, good things in the future, 100%. Well, listen, I, I thank you very much. And it's my goal to, to give hope to others. To realize that everyone can make an impact on other lives and that Luke has inspired so many um, and also so many have inspired Luke but uh, I really appreciate uh, you giving me the time and uh, all the best to you take care thank you Tim talk to you later bye so there you have it that was a conversation with Tim Siegel so powerful uh, about his son's story and what Tim is continuing to do and, and document Luke's progress. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. hope it was a little bit eye-opening as well. Uh, again, you can hear all these um, podcasts, all these episodes, Courtside with Beelance and Tennis on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And stay tuned for another guest soon. Thank you.